That's right, folks. All aboard the USS Ferry. The Big Blue 82 podcast has just set sail. You're listening to the official podcast for the 1982 Farragut High School Admirals of Knoxville, Tennessee. The largest class and winner of the school's first two state championships. So what have these Admirals ports of call been? Listen now and find out. I'm the class president and host, Vic Moore. And here we go. Well, welcome back, everybody. Smooth sailing, I hope. The Big Blue Podcast is back, and we have a very special guest for you here today, Gwen Gray. Take it away, Gwen. Say hello. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm just so happy. I'm grinning like a monkey right now just thinking about you, Vic, <laughs> and all the fun we had. This is great. I know. I'll tell Thank you what, you. what the, the clowns have come together for the Clown Show podcast, right? <laughs> I know, and I'm, I'm just I'm terrified that it won't be fun, you know? <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you know, Steve Martin used to say before he goes on stage to feel funny, he puts a slice of bologna in each one of his shoes so he can feel funny. Uh, well, that, hopefully oh, we'll go hilarious. that. <laughs> well, oh. well, how are you doing? What are you currently into these days? Get, get us caught up with your current lifestyle. Well, immediately before you called, I was trying to water my compost. Trying to compost. It's a law here in Vermont now, and... I'm not good at it. And it turns out lots of these homestead kinds of things, I'm, well, actually lots of things I am not very skilled at. Mm-hmm. You know, the old jack of all trades, master of none, that, that's been me. Vermont, wow, that's like, uh, I heard of the news like a month or two ago. And by the way, we are recording here about May 2nd of 2021. I heard you guys had some snow not long ago. Honey, we had snow yesterday morning. <laughs> we had snow and hail. <laughs> so- wow. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It it took a while to get used to spring coming so late and not getting a garden in early. Mm-hmm. And here you can't put anything in the ground till after Memorial Day, right? Because yeah. it's going to freeze. It's going to die. But see, you got the good part too. When we're down here, just blazing hot in the south, you're you're kind of like mild er for sure up there. Yeah, it's a pretty glorious summer here. It really is. Well, look, let me ask you, other than the composting project, I know that's very important to you. As far as uh, (laughs) professional-wise or job-wise or career or or activity-wise, what are you currently into right now? Uh, I am currently into – I don't even know how you would describe it. It's a lot like social work. The Office of the Defender General, the Public Defender's Office of the state, they will hire me to work with families who – are involved with the Department of Children Families. They either, their kids have come into custody or are in danger of coming into custody. And I have carte blanche just to go and do whatever it is that needs to be done to help folks turn things around so that they don't lose their kids. That is awesome. You're like uh, the super nanny, uh, but you've got <laughs> nanny skills, but you've got government backing. And there plus, you go. You've got, you've got a lot of experience too. What, what you had, we talked about, um, about a week or two ago, maybe a month ago, off the cuff, just to get caught up and tell you about the reunion and everything. And you mentioned to me that you had a lot of experience in these last 40 years in social services. So you've got a, a whole, um, I guess, a cadre of skills you've learned over the years that you can now apply, like you say, carte blanche. They trust you, go into the family and rescue it. So tell us about that, that experience you've got there. Rescue. Dang, Vic. That's a big word. I like that, though. Feels yeah. feels much bigger because I've been kind of dreading this podcast because I feel a little bit like an underachiever. And yeah, so that feels that's that's big. Yeah. 
Yeah, you definitely rescue. I am. I am rescuing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you 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 go in there. The family is in just a, <laughs> a disarray, and it's like help us. You know, silently they're screaming out at you, save our family, and that's what you're good at. So I think that's wonderful. Well, it, it's it's a privilege, and that may sound just stupid corny, but it is it is such a privilege for a family to open up mm-hmm. to an outsider and really kind of lay their stuff bare. And they don't, you know, there's a, there's a lot that they leave unsaid, but there's a lot that we understand is happening. Mm-hmm. And to to just be allowed to be in that process with them is you know, it it's, it makes me happy. You know, it's not like I'm doing it and I'm I'm sad and depressed at the end of the day and wondering why I'm doing this work. It just makes me happy to do it. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I get plenty out of it. But yeah, you know, like I told, I think it was Jeff Morgan, the interview with him, when you're uh, happy in your job, what you're doing to help other people and everything, and you come home at the end of the day satisfied, that's worth at least another 30, 40,000 K a year right there. You know, Absolutely. That's true. Beautiful. All right. Well, that's and, awesome. What are you going to say? Oh, go, go. Sorry. Well, I was going to say that's got us a good picture of where you are now. Uh, I, I can imagine you, you're waiting on the phone call to help a family as your, your hands are in the compost pile, digging it up and turning that, uh, whatever you've got in it. <laughs> My mom saved the eggshells and she saved Good honor. Like, yeah, anything organic that you might normally throw away, orange peels, don't you dare yeah. throw that in the trash. My mom's like, give me that. That's my compost pile. <laughs> but all right, so let's. And that's let, good for her. That's awesome. Right, right. So let's let's dig down. Uh, you like that yeah, segue, so to speak. Let's let's dig down on the calendar and let's go back in time here to 1982-ish. And uh, as oh, I like to say, gee, Mister Peabody, where are we going now? You know, I'm sure I'm in the year 1982. Uh, so <laughs> let's think about this: high school graduation, June 2nd, and now you've got the whole world in front of you. How, tell us the story. Tell us how you ended up in Vermont, the land of snow, and um, what's the other thing uh, I'm for? The syrup? The maple syrup? Absolutely, even though it was a lousy year this year oh, yeah. for maple syrup. It so, was unfortunate. So take yeah. it away. What happened, um, in, what happened in 1982, um, early, early years of graduation? So I, I, I kind of left Farragut about 1981. I, I was just tired of school. Like, I loved... I loved the people, I, but I was just ready for the next thing. And, you know, I'd been counting down the days to graduation since probably sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was kind of on my way during our senior year. Didn't mean I didn't go to the football games and basketball games. And there was just so much that was fun. You you all, the quads and um, fun life. I mean, we had so much fun at all of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did all of that, but I was my heart was ready to go, and I I literally at what we, where did we Thompson Bowling Arena was that where we yeah graduated Bill Thompson Bowling uh-huh. yeah I I just dropped my cap and robe right there and kept going I never got my diploma um, <laughs> I still had detentions to serve so they weren't going to give it to me anyway um, but I was ready to go and and it's not like I went far I went to the 10th floor of Carrick Hall. And, um, but I was so excited about college and I, I just wanted to be anything but an English teacher. Cause the only thing I was any good at really was 
were, were English classes. And, um, and then we would get those, those, oh, the timetables, whatever it was that came out that had all of the courses that were going to be offered the next quarter. And, you know, architecture. I was fascinated. Art. Want to take an art history class. Anthropology. Sounds great. So I just kept taking classes and I would only go to the ones that I liked. And so, you know, it was a bit of an, I took a long time to finish college. So when you, when you yeah. say Kara Call, you're, you're referring to UT Knoxville, correct? Oh, yep. That's where I was. Okay. I didn't, yeah. I just didn't for, just there. for the listeners who may not be up on their UT geography and, you know, buildings. But, okay, so you had right into UT studying your heart out on what you wanted to do, really. Get, you know, put that high school behind you. So, everything was interesting. Yeah. You know, everything was just so interesting. So I couldn't really nail down one thing. But I'd usually take at least one English, usually maybe two English classes every quarter so that I could keep my grade point average up. <laughs> yeah because if i didn't like the class i just didn't go i was te- i was i was a horrible student <laughs> <sighs> i can't imagine you know today with the virtual classes you'd be clicking no don't like this one don't like this one you know oh awful just awful yeah so you're studying at ut knoxville what did you end up majoring in undergrad wise lord help me it was english okay. um and I, after my third year, a friend of mine, Martha Sharp, who was in 81, she was going to be a summer girl in New York. She was going to live with the rich family and, and, and be the super nanny and travel with them. And she said, do you want to come too? I was like, yes, yes, I do. And um, so I went up too. We were both summer girls. She had a fabulous family. She did, she did lots of traveling. And um, I had a a, a hateful little family who just didn't appreciate my country, but at all. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that didn't last very long. Describe what is a summer girl for those who don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you're wealthy and you've got some kids that you, you know, don't really want to deal with for the summer, but you need somebody to take them to the country club and you need somebody to watch them while you're in, Europe, going out to dinner and going other places with your partner. Um, summer girls take care of your kids. They just ride along. Okay. Sometimes they go to the grocery store for you. They go to the liquor store. You know, okay. whatever. So there you, there's your first taste of caring for children and seeing the insides of a family makeup. Um, and that affected you to the point that you considered it for a career. How, tell us about that transition. <laughs> no, no, Vic, I don't like children. I don't like kids. <laughs> you, <laughs> remind, you, you remember W.C. Fields? He said, they asked him, Mr. Fields, you like children? He said, I do if they're properly cooked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, they are, they're just terrific for about a, the first 20 minutes or so. And then I, I usually need to move on. Mm-hmm. But that's the irony of it is that I, I didn't want to be an English teacher. I didn't like kids and I, I wound up being a freaking English teacher and I work with children. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even understand my life. I just live it and, and I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. But so I did stay in New York for quite a while after that. Okay. What's, um, what area of New York, big state, big city, where, where, where did you lodge? So I started on Long Island for the family there. And got fired within about 10 days. Oh, and um, What happened? What happened? You and mind talking about it? 
I, I don't, I think she thought I was, I was hitting on her husband or something because he worked in the city and he would come home late at night. And there was an expectation that I would be up to make his dinner at night. And then I'd talk to him for a little bit. And then she would listen in on a, on a microphone or something. <laughs> and, and, oh, and I think I called, oh, 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 yeah. When I was talking to Martha, who was at a wonderful house, I was like, oh, this woman is so bitchy. And she overheard that. Oh, I think that's the real issue. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't, they say don't talk about the help, but then. The help shouldn't talk about the owners Ooh. or whatever. Yeah. Well, the owners shouldn't be bitchy, right? <laughs> Come on. Let's just go there. This sounds like yeah. the makings of a soap opera movie here, your whole time there. Well, you know, most of it, most of my life would make a funny little Lifetime movie, I suspect. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, and, and it's mostly comedy. So, but yeah, so that didn't last. But there was, I go over to Martha's house where she's staying. To tell her that I've, I'm fired, I, I, I got to take my little car back to Knoxville. And there's a woman, some random woman there, skinny dipping in the pool, <laughs> who says, hey, don't go back to Tennessee. Come stay at my house. And she just totally took me in. I hung out with her kids, and she helped <laughs> me get a job at TGI Fridays. And everything was just, it's just so random sometimes. Like, yeah. You know, when I think about folks in, a, in, in kind of a more linear life, mine has really been a big old pinball machine of just, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I, you know, I just wind up in in fun new places and make the best of it. It's been a, well, that it's sounds been a exciting. Yeah. Yeah. When you look back at it, you know, the most people have a set cookie cutter thing they do an expectation in this american dream of ours the the mm -hmm. compartmentalized life you're supposed to lead but here's Gwen going what compartment <laughs> well yeah because you know somebody would say you know there would just be an offer or something would be fun and i'd go do it and just stay so i've had a lot of fun That's i've awesome. got a lot of stories I'm great fun at like the cocktail party, but <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'm somebody you could absolutely. Yeah. I don't think you could pigeonhole me real good. All right. Well, let me ask I, you this. Let me give you an opportunity to be at a so-called cocktail party setting. And I know you probably have a thousand stories, but tell us one of your most juicy, fun stories that you can kind of put in here that you wouldn't be too embarrassed about, I guess. That, remember, this is a national, international podcast. It could reach everyone. I know. But share us, you know, you can leave out some details. I'm interested in knowing this non-compartmentalized lifestyle you've led. I think it's very cool and interesting. Um, tell us a story that happened to you between, you know, your your education and career and while you're going around different places. So I was a teacher for a lot of years. So for about 20 years, off and on, I was a special ed teacher. And, and I think I was a good special ed teacher because I was essentially a special ed kid in school. So... You know, attention span of a peanut, couldn't do anything. But that gave me summers to travel. Mm -hmm. And one summer, I was island hopping around the West Indies. And um, I'd met a guy. But I was also hanging out with this other guy. And I didn't realize that one of the guys was, like, recently out of jail for, for cutting somebody up pretty good with a, with a broken mm -hmm. bottle. 
And the other guy that I was enjoying hanging out with, his name was Sunshine, had a barbecue shack on the beach. Sunshine? Sunshine. Really? Sunshine. Sunshine. Didn't realize that he was a, he was kind of a major gun and drug dealer Uh um, and sort of got caught between the two and people were pissed. And so I hopped on another boat trying to get off the island um, and that turned into its own adventure but eventually just trying to get completely out of the West Indies um, I had a had a plane scheduled I was on my way out and but somehow or another I was missing the plane and there wasn't another one leaving that island for a week and so I said something fairly awful like if I had a gun I'd I'd shoot somebody and I wound up in a holding cell Uh for a bit of time and (laughs) until I could come up with enough money to get on another plane and get out of there. So that was, that was, it was sketchy. That's before, I'm thinking, was that before or after 9-11 happened? Oh, before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But still, you know, you don't say that stuff for crying out loud. <laughs> but I was I was just really freaking out and really just wanted out of there. Mm-hmm. I so. can see why. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty but, wild. That's that is an interesting story there. Well, that was. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of stupid stories. I think we could put that under stupid. <laughs> but so uh, I'm just curious, what went through your mind while you're in this holding cell and you're in another land, or is this the U.S.? No, this was. Um, Oh, what's the Dutch island in the West Indies? Welcome to old age. Okay. Um, St. Martin. I was on the Dutch side of St. Martin at that point. Antigua, Nevis, up around that area. Okay. I'm still I, lost. I'm still. I, I, I am too. I guess I need Because I don't know where Bahama is from there. But <laughs> I have a computer whatever. here. I can pull up the map. But keep telling us. Um, oh, not to worry. It's no big deal. <laughs> they're, they're just all stupid stories. I have a friend who keeps saying she wants to just put me on a stage and have people hurl phrases or, or topics at me and let me tell some dumb story about it. Cause I've got them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you leave a non-compartmentalized expect, expected lifestyle like that and you're so free and you, you take on a lot of new experiences just by default. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So last time we left off in your story, you were, Going around different things you, that you met the lady there at the poolside. She got your job at TGI Fridays. You kind of settled in that area, and then what happened from there? Pick up from there where it went. I got married <laughs> to a wonderful, wonderful man, um, and we moved to Boston and had a had a heap of fun there. Mm-hmm. I finished school, got my got my teaching thing, got my English degree, and my certificate in secondary education mm-hmm. and I had a lot of fun was teaching in Boston and loved that. Wow. That's but a big city. I, Tell I, us, how did you meet your husband? How'd y'all meet? He was, he was working at TGI Fridays too. He had just gotten back from, oh, cool. he played professional lacrosse in Australia and had just gotten back and was looking for a real job. That is awesome. You see how that worked out there? Randomly by the poolside. Hey, why don't you stick around and go back? Yeah. And bam, yeah. there you go. You got an incredible new turn in your life with this great guy. And you guys end up getting married. So yeah. I just love to hear how plans work together. That's beautiful. 
Um, it didn't I'm last to pick long. Up back there. So, so you're in Boston now. So let's pick back up. You're, you're teaching in Boston. Now, what did you say? I missed that. I, I said it didn't last long. Oh, it man. didn't last long. So that was um, – <laughs> well, can we safely say that was husband number one? Or yes. are you still with Yes, we can. Okay. All nope. right. So, see, that's nope. where I don't really know, and I don't want to know everything. You know, as the listeners tune in here, and they want to pick up with the story too. All right, so you're in Boston with husband number one, <laughs> up for up for grabs. Woohoo! Um, yeah, and he was a great guy, really was. But he wanted kids. He didn't at the beginning. He was he could take them or leave them. And then it was you know as we're settling in, he's really ready to have kids. And I'm like, buddy, I just I just don't think I'm equipped for it. You know, I don't know. So so he found a lovely woman and. They've been happily married for a million years, and they've got both of their kids are in college now. Okay. So, so yeah, you still make contact friends with them and everything. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, you don't have any children at that point. What, can, give us an idea of what year it is at this point in Boston. Let's see. We got married in 87. Okay. So we'd had a couple of years in New York City in the crazy 80s. Holy crap. That was a scene. Um, but then moved to Boston, and I loved living in Boston. Absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I s- stayed there till probably '96 or '97, and was had been just needed a break from teaching. And I had an assistant teacher in a school who was going to Wyoming to go to graduate school, and said you should come visit. And I went out to visit and called home and said, I'm, I'm just never coming back to Boston. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay out here. The great, the great wide open sky. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, I just kept traveling and doing stuff. And I would usually work and, and save up enough money to be able to take off a nice chunk of time and go someplace else. So there's been like, there's been the teaching jobs that were the mainstay. And then there's just lots of, I just need some money for a couple weeks jobs too. Did you ever think about being a cowgirl out there? Oh, I got no skills. Good Lord. Those (laughs) barrel racing women, they are something else. (laughs) But no, I, 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 I turned my ankle just getting up in the saddle. So no, no good. (laughs) So it's safe to say that uh, you did that rodeo and you're not going back. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. Yep. Or whatever the phrase is. What is the phrase there? Something about, um, I like the one that says, not my monkeys, not my uh, show or something. Is it like, yeah, not my circus, not my monkeys. That's it, yeah. But then there's something about the rodeo. You know, I've been, around, I've, been, I've been around this rodeo once or twice or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. This is, here's what I want, Vic. I want you to start having little groups of people on. Who can talk to each other too? Because I kept wanting to to ask questions mm. or listen to your other folks talk to somebody else. Because it's going to be, I, I there's just so much richness in what everybody else has had to say, and mm-hmm. I, I just want to go back to it, you know, and explore more, spend more time. I like that. I like that idea, and I've actually thought of that before. I did put out a notice to the Fun Life Gang. I'd love to get all those guys <gasps> around the mic together at once. But you're oh, right. That. You're right, and 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 it may evolve into that. You know, we're still kind of burgeoning here, just the first few. But I love that. You know, we're great minds think alike, right? Is that what they say? 
great minds. I mean, that's all they really say about us is great minds. <laughs> well, at this point, let's segue into a commercial for a great reunion coming up next year. So I know. July uh, 9th. 2022. So far, we're going to go ahead and stick with that date. I, I did put out a notice to the class of 81 team, and they haven't responded back, so I think they want to do something separate. So we're going to go ahead and stick with our original plan, July 9th, 2022, and it's going to be at the Bomb Drive location there uh, at the old lighthouse building that's been re resurrected or, or refurbished now. And they mainly have weddings, so they're set for big groups, and they can hold about 400 people. Um, so Gwen, you're on the committee for the reunion. Tell us about, tell us about that. What are your ideas? Dang, man. I haven't even thought about any ideas. I was just so grateful that when I, when I reached out and said, uh, I know it's been like 40 years and I was supposed to help with this pick, but I ain't done nothing. You still said, come on, the more the merrier, we'll have a great time. Yeah. Um, right now I, my goal has been because I just I haven't I'm terrible about keeping up with people and so my goal is to just be reaching out to people and saying hey this thing is happening get your crew together keep spreading the word mm -hmm. and I'm I'm just trying to get everybody on board yeah and that's the key um, in, in 1992 the 10 year reunion I had a committee. Um, that was hired to put all that together, and they miraculously got on the phone. And I think they called every single 650-plus graduates to find out. Mm -hmm. So they developed a database, Excel spreadsheet of all the information they could gather, and they found about 200 people that couldn't reach. Now, that was 92. I have that list. So now with the Modern Miracle Facebook that they did not have back then, we can contact Ooh. some of the stragglers and unknown people and try to reel that in. So... Yeah, I mean, we, we have a committee. Gwen's on it. Doug Floyd's on it. A couple other people, uh, Brent Jordan. And if you're interested listening to the podcast, you want to be on the reunion committee, hey, just send me a, an email. This is the one we use for the podcast, FHS, Big Blue, 1982 at Gmail. Send us a note. Uh, we'll forward it on to Gwen and the committee, and let's get together because this is going to be the biggest reunion we've ever had. We need a lot of people to help. Don't you think so? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it'll, this is just going to be so much fun. It awesome. really, really is. I can't wait Probably. to get the, the video games going. We're going to have stand-up video games. I heard you talk about that. Yep. We're yeah. in a contest. And, you know, we can't be there for all weekend to break the Guinness record. So what we'll probably do is quickest to a certain score on some of these games. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Troy mentioned Galaga uh, or Galaga, oh. however you pronounce it. That was his game I, of choice. What was your favorite yeah. game? I tried to do Galaga. I, I sucked. Asteroid, I sucked. <laughs> have, have I said I'm a little below average on a lot of skills? Um, but I wanted to do well. It was too bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be fun. We're going we're gonna to have fun with that. And you don't need to bring any quarters, by the way. It's all going to be a free-for-all. All you can play buffet. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> ah. All right, well, okay, so we took the, some time off there to talk a little bit about the reunion. Let's get back on your story, Gwen, because I know the listeners are wondering to themselves. Okay, so you ended <laughs> up in Boston. You kind of did some teaching. You had husband number one, and, and now you ended up in Wyoming, the great cowboy state, um, um, beautiful yeah. sunshine and fresh air. What did you do out there as far as a job in Wyoming? I was a backcountry ranger. And a wildland firefighter. Whoa. There's yeah. A, there's a variety of skills you just switched from. 
<laughs> right? Well, I love to hike. And I'd written, at that point, I'd, I'd lived in Tahoe for a few months and helped. Well, I wrote the hiking part of the trail guide. And then there was a section on cross-country skiing and a section on mountain biking. So I, I loved being outside, loved to go backpacking. Being in the outdoors was no big thing. But I got to wear a little forest ranger outfit. And oh, wow. I, you, um, are there bears out there or more snake land? It's bears. Oh, wow. And, and I've got a journal from the first time I went out west and did a big loop around Colorado and Wyoming. Um, horrified, terrified of bears. I was just confident I was going to be eaten by a grizzly. <laughs> but, but I've survived, so that's good. Did you? Um, let me ask you. I got to ask you. Did you ever come face to face or close to close with a deadly bear, and somehow you got? Oh, obviously you got out of it. Nope. Oh, but what the, the way they train you is, um, if you if you feel the hair going up on the back of your neck or on your arms, that that's legit. If you feel like you're being stalked or or watched, um, hmm. you probably are. Pay attention to it. And for a bear, you're supposed to curl up into a fetal position. If it's a mountain lion, you're supposed to like, raise your backpack or your jacket or something. You tried to get really big and fierce looking. And so I'm, I'm out there on the trails, literally bear, fetal, <laughs> mountain lion, big, bear, fetal. Don't screw it up. Don't mix them up. You will be dead. So it was... Wow, <laughs> it was pretty sad. But no, I was never close to anything. I, know, I would, I, I would think more of it like this: uh, bear, I'm a chicken nugget, <laughs> mountain lion, um, serving of French fries, and it's over. You know, yeah. how tasty do you want me to be? <laughs> yeah, I'm yours, kids. It's just go ahead. I'm not going to fight it too much because that is so wild. So you go from wrestling children to bears. Yeah, wild wild animals. Who would want to live with them? Who would want to raise them? God no. Wow, that's cool. So and you yet, did you live in a cabin and everything with no electricity? I did. I had a little cabin, um, and part part of my job because the the thunderstorms in the summer were just outrageous, and I lived at about eleven thousand feet, and Medicine Bow Peak was twelve thousand, and so. A lot of my job was was when the the messages would come from the repeaters off the radio saying that that the storms were coming in, the lightning was bad. How many people are headed up to Medicine Bow Peak? You got to get them off. It was me having to go out in in lightning and try to get people down and to safety. So it's like this is crazy. Why am I out here making ten dollars a day? <laughs> Whoa. Getting knuckleheads off the hill, but um, <laughs> but I did. And one guy's got his his kid up in a in a carrier on his back, an aluminum frame carrier. Get your kid out of that carrier. <laughs> We're all gonna be dead. Uh, but it was it was fun. It was so beautiful and mm. and really remote. It's not like going to places in Colorado. And one of my favorite statistics that I ever heard was that. There were more realtors in Colorado than there were people in Wyoming. <laughs> and it was it was just it was remote and beautiful and unspoiled and 
I really enjoyed living out there. So let me ask you this. As a local yokel that you were there, um, I've always wondered about this, thinking of land grabs, land owned by the U.S., land that's free for Mm. anyone. When you look at Wyoming, it is known for its sparse population. Hardly anybody lives there. It's beautiful. Was that because that? Uh, remember, Teddy Roosevelt went through and started saying, "Mine, mine, 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 mine," with all the <laughs> land. Is that why it's all U.S. territory, or is it just unclaimed? I'm not sure. There's so the western part of the state is the Yellowstone and the Tetons. So that's that's a pretty vast area. Um, and, and when I'm sorry, let me I misspoke. When I say U.S. territory, obviously U.S. is our territory. I mean U.S. Like um, Bureau of Land Management, right? right. That kind Claim of land for, for preserving it, and like you know, the Smoky Mountains is, is a preserve. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. Okay, so you're thinking, yeah, Yellowstone. That's a big portion. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Tetons, yeah. and so is that why? Is, what else is in Wyoming other than those that you could <laughs> buy or live on? Uh, Devil's Tower. Ever heard of that? Oh, that was yeah. a big spot that for was climbers. Close to Calgary. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's been, been turned back to Native Americans, so that's really good. And then a lot of it is just cattle. Mm-hmm. And wait, I'm trying to think. Cody... Mm-hmm. No, it's just it's it's some harsh land mm-hmm. in places. It's rough. So the the, tri- the range, tribal the tribal peoples uh, mm-hmm. land, I, I would probably be more comfortable with that word. I, someone told me that don't ever call the tribal peoples Native Americans. They will slap you, if if not physically in their mind, they're slapping you because mm. it's just a really bad term. For um, first peoples. First people, yeah. There you go. They were here That's first. That's a good one too. Right? Yeah. Oh, totally. Jesus, and and we're Americans. We're such assholes. So one of the big spots there, and and I'm such a jerk because I can't remember which is which, but it was I think it's was a a, a, a huge Shoshone reservation, mm-hmm. and because we're such hateful people, in the middle of it, their sworn enemy, the Arapaho, are placed smack in the middle of the Shoshone reservation. It's just hateful. And that was that was a, a doing of the, the, the Bureau of, of US, Management yeah. back in the day. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lived sad. in a little town called Centennial, mm-hmm. and most people didn't have last names. It was kind of a place where you went to, to hide out. It was called Centennial. It said Population 100 because it was called Centennial. But there was only about 40 people that lived there. Hmm. And they were, oh, God, am I going to be able to remember this? There were five Tonys that lived there. There was Sister Tony, Thumpin' Tony, Chocolate Tony, another Tony, and then the fifth one was Tony Five. Oh, Stoned Tony. That was it. <laughs> why, the, why the Tony connotation? They were just, their names were all Tony. These Anthonys <laughs> that I don't know where they've gotten in trouble before, but they landed in Centennial and uh, just laid low. <laughs> Almost like but a... It was a Wyoming Protection Program, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, who, who's going? Who's going to be looking for you there? And, and speaking of conspiracies, is it not true there's a place called Cheyenne? Cheyenne Mountain. There's but that's like, in, there's the city Cheyenne, yeah. where there's the big cowboy rodeo festival every year. And then Cheyenne Mountain is the one down around Boulder and Denver, okay, that yeah. section. Colorado. I always used to get confused with that. Because they're so close by, you know. Mm-hmm. Also known as Crystal Palace, 
the um, the, the U.S. military and government little secret hideout dug out into the mountains in case there's some kind of a big terrorist explosion going on. Uh, you know, they're well, safe. Yeah, and I think now they also use it unless it's, that's this is a different place now. And somebody who's got who's classified and has some information could could confirm this. But these these huge places where they're doing storage, like computer storage, mm-hmm. um, but these underground cities, yeah. which are pretty incredible. They drive big old giant tractor trailer trucks down in the tunnels yeah. and store yeah. this stuff, and it's, it's always you know uh, temperature controlled naturally when you get that far down in the ground. Stays around what fifty six seven degrees year round. Beautiful right. storage place. Yeah. And as we get more and more crowded, who knows how many how many homes are going to be start building underground? Because mm-hmm. there's just no place else to go. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. We could be. It sounds like we're returning to what some people believe are the cave people all over again for the first time. Wow. <laughs> wow. Go back to the caves, you know. Uga uga. There you go. <laughs> well, I did my part by not repopulating the earth. I didn't make it any worse. <laughs> Yes, because they probably would have ended up properly cooked, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, so all right, let me guide the story now. You you're a very difficult person to interview because you you've done so much in such a variety. But I'm going to try to do my best. So help me with this. Um, Okay, so now you're in Wyoming. You you're you're there. You're forest rangering. You're helping people come down off those lightning infested mountains, and you're getting paid squat and. So now you're beer saying money, yourself, I huh? I had beer money. Oh, you had beer money. Had. <laughs> you know, that's that's about all you need out there in the great wild. Cabin and some beer. I was good. <laughs> so now Gwen says to herself, you know, I think I'll do something else differently. So how did you get out of that non-compartment? How did I? I had a, oh, I had a wild hair to go back to Tennessee, and mm-hmm. and deal with deal with some family stuff there. And um, so I just got in the car and I, I had married a Wyoming boy while I was there because mm-hmm. I, I'm optimistic about these things. And um, I did that. And so I, I go back to, to East Tennessee and I, I do what I feel like I need to do. And then I, I call my boss back to say, eh, I'll probably be back in a couple of weeks. And she says, well, have you talked to, my husband and I said, no, why? She's well, I saw him last night and he said he's filed for divorce and put all your stuff in story. So, <laughs> so I said, well, I don't know when I'll see you then. I guess I got no reason to come back and went on to the next thing. And you were so, worried about bears. <laughs> <laughs> Still terrified of bears. I just don't want grizzlies coming down. Out of the woods. <sighs> I mean, what a shocker. You find out through another person on the phone, you've been divorced, and your stuff's already waiting for you. <laughs> I wasn't gone that long. So that poor man was pretty miserable, apparently. Mm. So yeah. Okay, so now what do we do? We're, we're out of there. Um, and you say you had an idea to come to Tennessee. Yeah. Did you ever so end I, up? Yeah. I got a store in a got a got a gig in a bookstore and then I have these great friends that I just my best friends for forever. And before I had left for Wyoming, 
and maybe this is part of the reason, but they, we, we had been buds forever. They're my, my urban buddies and they were going to start having children. And, you know, I got the issues with children thing and, and they, they bought a house in the suburbs. They got a Volvo station wagon. They got one of those watery eyed spaniels and, you know, their life, their lives are about to seriously change. Um, while I was out, they had these twins. Oh no, that was when I was in Tahoe. They had the twins when I was in Tahoe. And then my friend Trish was pregnant with another baby, but she was kind of struggling. And I said, well, why don't I come up and live with you? And I'll take care of the twins. You can do your bed rest. I'm working in a freaking bookstore. I can work in a bookstore in Boston. And so I went back to Boston. And at that point, they were living in Lincoln. That was the suburb that they'd moved to. So I lived out by Walden Pond with just people that I adored and children that I didn't cook. And that was a gig for a little bit. Walden Pond. Was that not a Henry Fonda movie? Oh, that was on Golden Pond. Oh, okay. And Mr. Huckert, uh, when we were, it came out when we were in high school. And then Mr. Huckert did it at the Oak Ridge Theater. What were they Playhouse, called? The Oak, Ridge. Oak Ridge Playhouse. Playhouse, thank yeah. you. And he was the the goofy husband of Jane Fonda that came in and, and tried to make an impact on, on her father. But yeah, that was Golden Pond. But that's not where I went. Walden Pond, Thoreau, Emerson... All of those folks are around Lincoln and Concord in Massachusetts. The okay. Alcott sisters, um, the transcendentalists, that's what they were called, I think. Oh, cool. That's an interesting yeah. field. Yeah. And so I, I was there till Lucy was was about six months old, probably. And well, who, who's Lucy? Then, who's Lucy? Lucy was the little one that was coming that was giving her mama problems okay. in utero. And then my sister, as I was like, okay, y'all don't need me anymore. Y'all are good. My sister says, I'm getting married in Chattanooga. So I figure, well, this would be nice. I'm going to go, I'm going to live in Chattanooga with my sister and my mom. And I hung out there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I was itching to go someplace else. And I'm at a friend's in Maine for Thanksgiving. And the matriarch says, so, Gwenny, what are you going to do next? And I said, I don't know. And she says, why don't you go live in my house in Vermont? And I said, yeah, yeah, that would be good. And I did. So wow. it's just, it's random, Dick. Mm-hmm. It's just dumb. There's, you know, it's not been driven by any purpose other than satisfying my, my, my poor attention span, I think. All right. Well, you know, there's that famous book, um, Purpose Driven Life. It sounds like you had led a driven by purposes life. Oh, and, I'll buy that for a dollar. <laughs> I like that. And your purposes were to have these great experiences because now uh, at, at where you are currently, currently now working in Vermont, helping families, rescuing families, you use this uh, myriad of experience to kind of use that and help any kind of a million different var- different variables that may happen in a family situation. And you can relate to everyone just about every situation. So it's interesting how your life has come back now where you are in Vermont, the beautiful area. That, and I'm just so jealous of your snow all the time. Oh. Um, so And then here we are now back present day, which is exactly where we wanted to go with this podcast. And, you know, like you said, Gwen, you've got a lot of other stories, I'm sure, that we could tell us 
about uh, in-betweeners, and that's what reunions are for, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but for me, the real joy has always been listening. I, I People are endlessly fascinating. And I have to say, listening to these podcasts, people had these rich lives that I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. when I knew them then. I just knew that they were really pleasant people, and I liked hanging out with them. You know, it was really a lot of surface relationships then. And it's it's been just a joy to to listen to to really what made them tick and and how they move forward with things yes, and absolutely. and that's what I've always enjoyed and the fact that you're doing podcasts and interviewing people I suspect you enjoy it too oh I love it it's and, beautiful yeah mm. it is just like listening to people I don't always like living amongst them mm. but I like listening and right. they are just endlessly fascinating. Yeah, and you've had a fascinating life. But let's go a little bit more back in time. I'm going to go to round robin questions here for you. What did oh. Gwen like back in the school days? And it sounds like um, you really wanted to get out. So maybe some of these questions, you may really have to think about it. But let's do real quickly here. What was your favorite subject in high school? Oh, it was definitely English. Okay. I loved those classes. And who was your favorite teacher? Was it an English teacher? Um, Miss Nesbitt and Mr. Hubert. Okay, yeah. Pretty sure. All right, awesome. And radically different question. Your favorite place to eat or a restaurant in those days? Probably Krispy Kreme. And I also used to hook second period senior year and go to, they opened a Shoney's on Level Road. I loved going and getting a cup of coffee and a hot fudge sundae there. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, mm-hmm. that Shoney's is still there. Is uh, it? On Lovell Road. Yes, it is. I do believe. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but the one oh. over there, uh, Western Plaza, it's long been 3,000 different things. I think it's a car wash now. Okay, so let's kind of stick with that theme. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a restaurant. What was your favorite place to hang out? I like going to people's houses. That sounds creepy and stalky, but... <laughs> I love going to people's houses and seeing what they put on the walls or just, you know, was it cluttered and, or was it really pristine? How did people live? I loved that. Okay. So you had a very variety of places to go. Is that hokey? Yeah. No, no. This is right right along with your (laughs) non-compartmental life, the questions you're answering. All right, let's go. Let's hear a TV show or movie that you watched back in the day. Oh, that was in the days of the Thursday night lineup, right? When they had, oh, I can't think of the names of any of them. Cheers and the Cosby show. That oh, was yeah. all on Thursdays, right? Yeah, yeah. Love the oh, Cosby. and then. Um, real, real quickly, here's a, here's a trivia for you. Did you know that when Dr. Huxtable, the character, came around in the Cosby show, um, he was slated to play a janitor? And he said, no, no, not really. I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> good for him yeah Heck great? yeah All right. i mean i don't have a lot of good stuff to say about cosby anymore but i'll give him that well you know That's i'm into it. conspiracies and i think that he was railroaded because he was about to buy nbc and turn it into a family friendly friendly network and they didn't want any part of that but anyway, that's i just, had not even heard that oh yeah yeah wow. it, it's true he had the money he had billions and he was about wow. to buy nbc and then all of a sudden these oh. people come out of the woodwork 
dragging his life into the sewer. Anyway, whatever. Okay, sorry. I don't want to get too much off topic. All right, so let me ask you this. What was your favorite food to eat back then? Krispy Kreme. But uh, what was – there was a um, Time Out Devil. Do you remember that place? It was across. Oh, yeah. Near. They had the, the little um, pockets Those of pockets, food. Pita pockets. And it was nasty. It was hard to get people to go in there with me because it looked dirty. And yeah. I think there was one table. It was it was takeout. Man, I loved those things. But mm. the food was awesome. Yeah, I remember that. Yes. I think, oh. I think that's still there, but they've changed the name of it. Um, and anybody local in Knoxville, correct me in the comments of the podcast if, if we're wrong on that. And also the one on the Shoney's. Anybody can comment on these, too, by the way, and add their respective <laughs> remarks. Um, okay, and I know you're going to get probably the most comments of anybody because you've got a whole wonderful variety of life behind you. This is so cool. <clears throat> All right, okay, Gwen, let me ask you this. Um, what was your favorite subject in school? Well, we know that, English, right? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Uh, sports or activities you were involved in back then? You know, I, I'm just, I, I'm awkward as I'll get out. But I, I played a lot of tennis in our little apartment complex there. And I, Stokey, for some reason we were playing racquetball. Remember Paul Stokey, big yeah. old tall, long arm, long legged guy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my God. And he could just cover a racquetball court. He crushed me. It took me years to ever <laughs> even want to play again. Oh, and I, I did the stats, like stats or, or books and time clock for the boys' basketball teams. Okay. I did I did that for a lot of years, and I loved that. I loved going on those road trips, and just they were fun. That was a good group. Yeah, well, you might remember uh, myself and Bill Dukes. We did the commentary on Concord Cable Communications Corporation on all oh, the basketball nice. games. We did that on TV, the local TV network. That was a load of fun. That's a big deal, Dick. Holy moly. Yeah, I think I have some transcripts, audio of that I might throw up somewhere. Um, but you might as well. We didn't We didn't realize it, but me and you were working the same games probably sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I was getting cussed out by the boys after because they were I I got more rebounds than that. I had more assists than that. And I'm like, I'm sure you did, but, you know, sorry. Doing the best I can. Yeah, it, it's amazing what when you're playing the game, you feel like it's going completely different than in reality yeah. world, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Wow. Okay, um, one last one here. Your motto back then. What was your motto in high school? And then kind of redirect that for your current motto. Probably. Oh, and this is cute because I've got these goddaughters that um, were telling me what mottos they've learned. You know, they're in their 20s now, and they they were telling me what they had learned from me. And this was one, and it's just so true. If if it sounds like a bad idea, it probably is, but you should definitely do it because it's going to make a good story. Okay, yeah. So there's there's a lot there. Right. But you should just do it. Anything that just sounds too crazy and too wacky, Go do it. You're going to love it. You're going to remember it forever. Mm-hmm. Just do it. It reminds me of that book title, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. Yeah. Let the fear go. Mm-hmm. No big deal. <laughs> it's so probably not going to kill you. What would be your current motto? If it's changed at all, you can just say ditto on the motto. Oh, I'm ditto on the motto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'd be on a t-shirt. <laughs> 
I have not improved in that area. (laughs) Well, good, good. You know, life is there for the taking. And they say at the end of your life, toward your aged, aged years, when you look back, it's not going to be all the stuff you acquired or bought. It's going to be the experiences that you had, the vacations, you know, things like that. Yeah, I, I've got no complaints. If, if I get knocked in the head tomorrow and I'm done, I I have had just the best life. I have been so lucky. Mm-hmm. I have no complaints. Awesome. None at all. Well, look, yeah. we're going we're gonna to wrap these things up here for this uh, interview with Gwen Gray, your class clown and class uh, secretary for the Farragut Senior High School, class 1982. And thank you for tuning in today for the podcast. Um, Gwen, any last words of wisdom for our listeners today? I I have no words of wisdom for the love of God, Dick. But (laughs) I can tell you, get to the reunion next year. It will be so much fun. That's good enough right there. I'm so looking forward to it. Yes. All right. Absolutely. Awesome. And if you're interested in being on the podcast or being on the reunion committee, please do contact me through the email. And um, we will announce that here in just a second again. So uh, thanks again, Gwen, for being on the uh, podcast, The Big Blue 82, sailing right through. And boy, have you had a lot of ports of call just within your own life. It's been (laughs) wonderful. And thank you again for being my guest today. Vic, thank you for even putting up with me. I appreciate it. (laughs) All right. Well, great. Hey, you have a rest of the day. And uh, we'll see you on the committee meetings, right? Yes, sir. Or I, I, Captain? Is that what I should say? <laughs> Got it. Bridge. Captain! Captain, <laughs> I think we have Gwen on board, Captain. That's enough power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, we'll see you. Bye, honey. Thank you. Also, if you're interested in being recorded, be on the podcast. Contact me, the host, Vic, at FHSBigBlue1982 at gmail.com once again F H S Big Blue 1982 at gmail.com we'll see you next time on the Big Blue have a great day